Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Walea Kinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Dimensions of answered prayers. Dimensions of answered prayers. Please, it's important first and foremost to establish the fact once again that God is a God that answers prayers. Not only does he answer prayers, he wants to answer your prayer. I said he wants to answer your prayers. In Psalm 65 verse 2, Psalm 65 verse 2, to he that hears prayers, to him all flesh, all flesh, man, woman, young and old, all flesh shall come. Him that answers prayer, to him all flesh shall come. Why are they coming to him? Because he answers prayers. So let's look at a few scriptures quickly. Ezra chapter 8 verse 23. Ezra, not Esther. Chapter number 8, please. Verse 23. What does he say? So we fasted and entreated our God for this. And what did he do? He answered our prayers. Come on, what did he do? He answered our prayers. He will answer your prayers also. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call on me. And I will answer. It is a call of me and I will think about it. Like some people will say, God answers all the time. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. Please, I hope you, none of you are bought into that very dim, doctrine of demon. Okay? It is not biblical. It is not right. Okay? And I will be showing you some things in a few minutes. Alright? He says, call on me. I will answer. Alright? Let's look at Joel chapter 2. Verse 19, New Living Translation. Joel, chapter 2, New Living Translation. The Lord will reply. The Lord will reply. Look, I'm sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery. You will no longer be an object of mockery. One more time. You will no longer be an object of mockery. Let's look at the New Testament now. Matthew chapter 7 verse 8. Matthew chapter 7 and the 8th verse. Everyone who asks, what happens to them? They receive. How many people ask and receive? Everyone. Everyone who asks. Jesus Christ is the one speaking here. So, I mean, this is valid. This is it. Jesus is speaking here. You can't argue against this. Jesus Christ said, everyone who asks, what happens to them? They receive. John 16, 23. Just stay with me, please. Stay with me. John 16, 23. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Jesus is speaking now. He's about to go. Okay? He said, whatever, whatever you ask the Father in my name, what will happen? That, this is Jesus speaking. He didn't say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will check it out. He will make sure. He will see to it. He, he said, he will give it, give it to you. He will give you. It will give you. Now, this is what Jesus said. Now, this is the first fundamental principle of prayer. Then Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. 
That God exists. Friends, God is real. How could that mean? I, I have to come downstairs then. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't say. I have to run for a few minutes. I'll go back up in a few minutes. God is real. Because I want to see your faces. God is real. Do you believe God is real? So, God is real. At some of the darkest hours, moments of my life. Here, this place. I stood here like this. At some of the most, the darkest moments of my life. I came in the middle of the night. I stood there, four of us. Myself, my wife, my children. Stood there. God of heaven. He answers prayers. He answers prayer. I said he answers prayer. I said he answers prayers. I said he answers prayers. Don't let anybody deceive you. He answers prayers. Sir! He turned my morning into dancing. You're the one that can sing down. Into dancing again. He turned the sorrow into joy. God answers prayers. Can I hear an amen? A big amen for somebody that believes that. He that comes on him must believe that he is and that what? He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Please don't tell me that. Oh, you know, I don't know about this God again. No, God is not a man. He became a man, but he's not a man. He's not a man. He's not a man that should lie. God is the standard of integrity. Even the angels are bothered about the integrity of God because the integrity of God made God vulnerable to man. I don't want to teach you too much about systematic theology. The integrity of God, because of what God... It is the integrity of God that makes Satan still survive. If not for the integrity of God, if you see somebody harassing your children, you will break every law. And say, I don't care about whatever I did. I'm not, I'm not the one that said this is the word supposed to be. If it was me, I was, did I not say this? And I've changed my mind. I whack him straight. I'm sorry. Let me speak like a clergy. I mean, I'll deal with him. But the integrity and the justice of God is what Satan, is what Satan is still hanging on. That's why he could have the effrontery to take Jesus to a mountain as they bow down before me and worship. And Jesus, God in flesh, the mystery of godliness, is looking at him and saying, Kai, if not for integrity, eh? if not for integrity, you are evil, you are telling me this. Who made you? Ah. That's why God is not a man, no. He just became a man. If he was a man, he would have said, hey. if God was a man, an African man at that moment, he would have said, child, who is speaking? Like my father would say, who is eating and the dog is wagging his tail? Yeah. But he allowed it. He said, and Satan said, listen to me. Satan said, because all of this kingdom, he said, it has been delivered to me. And Jesus did not argue because he was legal. The justice of God is why Satan is still able to operate. Integrity of God is not a man that should lie. For by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. Friends, let me say something to you that will help you in your Christian work. When something is not working, don't blame God. Don't blame God. 
Don't say quickly, just, oh, I don't know why God is not. I don't know why God is not. I don't know what I have done. I don't know why God is not. Please don't blame God. The first thing you should say to God is, Father, I thank you because I know you have integrity. You don't change. You don't lie. If something is not working, there is something I'm missing. Show me what I do not know. And I want to show you some of those things today that you do not know, or maybe you do know, you have forgotten. Or you know, you are not applying. Write this down, please. There is a difference between receiving and having. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he told us something very powerful, and I'm going to show you right now. He said, whenever you stand praying, believe you have received, and you will have. Believe you have what? Received, and then you are going to? Two things, receive and have. They're two different things entirely. Please hear me clearly. Receive and have. We don't have when we pray. Jesus did not promise that. Jesus did not promise that you will have when you pray. What did he promise? Please speak to me, church. What did he promise? Please. I beg you. One more time. What did he promise? We are trying to hold God onto a promise he did not make. He never said, when you pray, believe you have. You know, people pray, Father, I'm asking for a job. You can see my family now praying for a job. Thank you because I know I have it. He did not tell you that. He said, believe that you receive. Now, after you have received, you go and make it count so that you can have what you have received. You cannot have what you have not received but you can receive and not have. Should I say this to you? Everybody here have received. Not everybody have. And let me say this to you. Or virtually every Christian is still yet to have something that they have received. Please stay with me. I want to get you very angry. Normally on Sunday you should be happy. But this service you must live very angry. It's required. Somebody say, is that Bablika? First Samuel 11, 6 tells us it's Bablika. You have to be angry. So you have to follow me now. Just follow me. You see this diagram that is here now? Or this, you're looking at on this board. This lower part, what does it read? The earth. As you can see, there's a man there. On the earth. And you can see greenery on the earth. You can see buildings on the earth. That's where you live. That's Toronto. That's New York. That's London, England. That's Lagos, Nigeria. That's Lagos, Nigeria. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. That's Kingston, Jamaica. Praise God. That's Accra, Ghana. Praise God. You know, and so on and so on. Dakar, Senegal, and different, different other places. All right. So that's the earth. Here is this man now praying. Powerful Christian. Is praying, Shangala Tabosa, Rengabola Shakato Bagalaya. Father, I pray, give me, oh God, a wife. Give me a wife and let my wife have twins. I'm praying for twins. I'm praying for job. I'm praying for permanent residency. Oh God, you made in heavens and the earth. And God is in the heaven of the heavens. Are you following? The heaven is which one now? 
the top third. Can you see that? So the man prays, and Jesus promised that once he prays, the heaven of the heavens belong to the Lord our God, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Psalm 116, verse 15. Now watch this now. So this man is praying in the heaven where God sits. Psalm 103, verse 19. He has established his throne in the heaven. God answers in that top third day. So the man has now what? Received. Are you following somebody? The man has now received, but he still does not have. So how then can you receive something there and not have it here? I have prayed. I received it there. I didn't have it here. Because between the earth and the heaven where God dwells is the heavenlies. Can you see? Come on, can you see? Between the earth where you are dwelling, where you need to have, and the heaven where God is, is what is called the heavenlies. Heavenlies. Because there are different levels in it. Which I will show you some of it next week. Heavenlies. So you have received, but you don't have. What you have received, for you to have it, you have to interact with this heavenlies. Your successful interaction with this heavenlies is what will determine whether you will ever have what you received. If you cannot successfully interact with the heaven, you will never have what you received and you will be blaming God in heaven. Friends, listen very carefully to me. Is this clear? People at the back there, is it clear? Okay, I know there are people in the overflow also. God bless you. I acknowledge you. God honor you. Now, listen very carefully to me. That is why all prayer is not the same. In Ephesians 6, verse 18, Paul the Apostle introduces us to a concept where he says all prayer. He says praying in all manners of prayer. All prayer is not the same. The prayer that most Christians pray, most, I'd say, most Christians in the body of Christ today, I've not done a, a, a research, of course, but for my interaction with many people, when they say, Pastor, I've been doing this, I've been trusting God for this, I'm believing God for this, and I pray, and I fast there. What they're really saying is, I petitioned God. Most of the prayers today, predominantly, is petition. I petition God, I don't know, if you tell them, oh, my brother, you know, we have to pray about this. Say, yeah, we've been praying, Pastor. I prayed. I've even gotten some of my friends to pray. It's all petition prayer. And there's nothing wrong. Petition prayer, I spoke about it last week, is the first dimension of prayer which you always pray. Ask of me and I will give you. Because you can't have what you've not received. Petition prayer. And there are many petitions, which is what God ministered to me. Many petitions that have been granted, that are hanging in the heavenlies. They are not yet on the earth. And that's why we are putting together these seven nights of solution. Listen carefully. What other dimensions of prayer are there to tackle some of these things? So let's talk today about the third dimension of prayer I want to introduce, which is spiritual warfare. It's something that many, too many people today don't want to talk about. Uh, you know, they, they are not... Um, some people are, because of, you know, in the body of Christ, you always have the 
you always, this thing always goes on where people stretch a truth at the expense of other truths. So some people have run away from it, they turn it away completely. But spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual warfare, this is where it takes place. In these heavenlies, it's not only angels that are there. This is where you also have the grandfather of demons. You know, Jesus Christ said something. He said, in my name, you shall cast out demons, de devils or demons. The demons were casting out. They are not here. This, this is not where they are. There are demons that are possessing people here or are operating here by the authority and the sustenance and the power of the principalities and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Are you following this at all? Are you following this at all? What is sustaining the demons here on the earth that are doing the work they're doing, possessing people, oppressing people, depressing people, suppressing people, regressing people? What is sustaining those demons are the principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. This is where they are. They are the one manipulating this. Okay? So this, they, this darkness have to be dealt with. This is also where you have angelic spirits that are interacting, moving, doing all manners of things. This is a very important concept. So let's look at it. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul the Apostle, that had a very strange revelation of, um, a very, very strange revelation of, of the mystery of Christ. He told us that. He said, I have a strange revelation of the mystery of Christ. I was not taught. God gave it to me directly. He told us that we are seated together in heavenly places. Where is this heavenly places? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 says, it's far above all principalities and powers. Now watch this. Paul says we are seated together. Now, this is Paul that told us that we are already seated. We're seated. Now tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we wrestle. Okay, Paul, what are you talking about? Are we sitting or are we wrestling? Because you cannot be wrestling if you are sitting. So it's either like you are sitting or you are wrestling. Because the one that is sitting is watching. The one that is wrestling is wrestling. So are, you, are we sitting, Paul, or are we wrestling? This is a fundamental concept in systematic theology. Whereby two truths that seem contrary to each other actually explain each other. <laughs> it actually explains each other. So Paul says, we're sitting. Then Paul goes, on. in the same chapter, same, same Ephesians book, then he says, he says, for we wrestle not, but against, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. So what have we done? He said, having done all, stand. Okay, what, am, I, am I sitting? Am I standing? Am I resting? What am I doing, Paul? Paul said, everything. You're doing everything. So what is Paul saying? This is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, based on what Christ did for you and for me, the finished work of Christ, okay, positionally, he has transferred you from this earthly realm where you have no chance. I have no chance. He has transferred us into the heavens to sit at the right hand of God with him. 
so that we can have the authority, the position authority, and to look down at all those principalities and powers and take charge over them because we are higher than them. But we must now use that authority because God, listen very carefully to what I'm about to say, God has finished what he will do with the devil concerning you and me. God is not doing anything concerning the devil now until Revelation chapter 20. What I'm teaching you right now is theology. Revelation chapter 20 is the next time God will do something about the devil. And that is when he will send an angel to take a chain to bind him, Revelation chapter 20 verse 1, and put him in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Right now, God has, is done. He's not doing anything against the devil because he has already destroyed he that had the power of death that so that we who through the fear of death have been subject to bondage all of our lives. Christ came, he has finished what he was going to do with the devil on our behalf. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? So now we are now seated in heavenly places so that we, the body of Christ, can continue to enforce the victory that our head won for us. You know, so I got to immigration and the immigration officer asked me, this is the red line. He's standing there, I'm standing there. He said, uh, what are you doing in Canada? What are you come here to do? I said, oh, I'm a citizen. Where did you go? I, go? I went here, so and so. I gave him a piece of paper called a passport. In that passport, you don't have a photograph of my whole body. You don't have a photograph of my whole body. You have a photograph, photograph of what? My head. My head. So I give it to him. He looks at my head. He doesn't look at my body. He looks at what? My head. If my head is admissible, he gives the paper back to me and tells me, your head is admissible. So my head is admissible. But the way it works, my head cannot go into Canada while my body remains outside of Canada. So my, as my head is moving, it drags my body with it. So God has won the victory through Christ for you to be seated in heavenly places. So he said, what I have won, let my body now enjoy what I have won. If you, if you then refuse to take charge, what happens is that you will have wasted the victory Christ won for you. Spiritual warfare. Is spiritual warfare, is it real? So Paul says we wrestle. In the New Testament, they said we wrestle. Let's look at what Jesus said then. You know, because when we talk about theology, we have to base it based on from Old Testament into what Jesus said, then into the New Testament. That's how systematic theology works. So, let's start from the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 2.24 Rise up. Take your journey. Cross over the river. Look, I've given you into your hands, Sion the Hamorite, king of Hezbollah. I've given you. Did you see that? I've given you. So when he gives, what do you do? You receive. Right? Okay. Then he says, begin to possess it. How? How? Engage him in battle. That's when you're not going to have. That's when you possess it. He said, begin the process of having, which is process of possessing it. And how am I going to do that? Sir, how am I supposed to do that? I already have it. He says, engage in battle. Engage in battle. That's Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ said, in Mark chapter 3, verse 27, Mark 3, 27, Jesus Christ said, he said, nobody, if Jesus said nobody, 
It means what? Uh, thank you, ma. It means nobody. Nobody. Jesus Christ said, no apostle, no prophet, no pastor, no leader, no congregant, nobody is going to ever enter the strong man's house and take his goods. These goods are stolen goods that belong to you and I. Satan said it himself. Satan said, they have been delivered to me. He said, except unless he was first. Jesus Christ said this. He said, he must first tie up that strong man. Then he cannot take his house. Jesus said it. The Synoptic Gospels, they, they repeat this three times. Matthew 12, 29. Matthew 12, let's start from verse 29. How can one, Jesus is the one speaking there again. How can one enter a strong man's house? You know, Jesus, is, you know, Jesus is expressing his shock here. He's saying, I don't get it, guys. You are trying to get these things done? You can't. And what Jesus is speaking about here, the context is that he's talking about healing. There have been a lot of healings and people were surprised. So Jesus said, no, you can't enter in and get stuff done. Except you bind the strong man, then you plunder his goods. Luke eleven twenty one. Luke eleven twenty one. When a strong man, this one is for African people. When a strong man, fully loaded, fully armed, fully armed, gas is palace. He said, his goods is at peace. God's his palace. is fully armed. Friend, there are a lot of strong men. And there are strong men that are also fully armed. There are levels in this thing. You know. There are strong men. And there are strong men that are fully armed. Some of those strong men are fully armed with the legal papers. The legal papers that has been given to them. Pastor Matthew Washumolo was sharing a testimony of how many, many years ago, the church KICC in London wanted to expand their bookshop. So they went outside of the church building and rented uh, a shop in Brixton. Anybody that knows London, you know London very well. <laughs> Brixton is in southeast England. <laughs> it's a place of tough people. Very tough people. Tough place. So, in Brixton. So they rented a, a shop there with the hope of, you know, now decorating it and getting it all done, reno renovated and putting books there and, you know, expanding the bookshop out there. All of them to get a job, they found somebody else there. He's been selling things. Ah! So they reported to Pastor Matthew. Pastor said, go ahead and ask the person what's there. So, excuse me, sir, uh, it's, it's our shop. Who gave it this shop? The man said, I rented it. Rented it where? He said, Mr. Patel. I got it to Pastor Matthew in his testimony. He said, Mr. Patel. He said, how many Mr. Patel will I look for in London? This is what Pastor Matthew said. I'm not the one saying it. I'm just repeating what he said. He said, Mr. Patel. So the man said, I'm not leaving because Mr. Patel gave me the place. This is my own paper. Pastor Matthew, had been, they have been paying rent. They rented this place. But the man said, I'm not leaving. He's a strong man that is fully armed. He was armed with a liquid document to say, no, I didn't break into this place. These are my papers. Mr. Patel gave it to me. Do you know how many Mr. Patels in your family have given things to people. So, Pastor Matthew, they had to go to the English court, the high court. You know, he takes his own process and everything. But they had to get an attorney, spend money until they, when they summoned the people to court, they couldn't find Mr. Patel. 
But if they had not fought for all throughout the period of that list, they would have been paying the money that that man would have been enjoying the blessing. Friends, this is what happens. This is why we said we pray, I pray. I don't know why God is not. God is saying to you, I don't know why you are not. The job you asked me for in January, I gave it to you. I checked my record here. The record says that you have a job. I don't understand. Why are you crying you don't have a job? Because you have a job. What needs to happen is that you need to shift some things. So let's look at it. Because we learn by examples, don't we? Acts chapter 13. Verse 2. Verse 4. Verse 8. Acts chapter 13. Verse 2, 4, and 8. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. Then the Lord said, Holy Spirit said, Now separate unto me, Holy Spirit said, Palabalas, for the work. This is the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Being sent out, come on now, speak to me, church, by who? By the Holy Spirit. They were, they sailed. They were sent out, sir, by the Holy Spirit. Not by man, no. They were not sent out by pastor. Sent out by the Holy Ghost. Um, how, how much valid can your calling be? Sent out by the Holy Ghost. Then in verse 8. Let's start in verse 7. There was a proconsul, which like a governor, of an island, Sergio Palos, an intelligent man, that asked for them, please come, come, come and speak to me about this faith. And the Bible says in verse 8 that there was Elimas the sorcerer. Note what? This is New Testament. Sorcerer. Another word for sorcerer in the Bible is witches. Witches. People that use witchcraft. Elimas the witch or the wizard. We stood there. The word we stood there is the same word in Greek that is translated in English antihistamine. Antihistamine, because I'm a pharmacist, I understand, is a chemical that blocks the receptors so that histamine cannot work. It blocks the receptors. So here you are, you go for an interview. The receptor in the interview, also known as the interviewer, has been blocked. So everything you are, you are saying things, but it's not reaching the receptor. You're a pretty girl. Somebody's looking at you, but your beauty is not reaching the receptor. When you ask the man, excuse me, did you see the girl I passed? He said, which man? He said, the lady. He said, no, I only saw two men. He did not see any lady. Because the beauty is not seen. It's not seen. There are churches that are out there on social media, everything. The people are not seeing. Because anti-histamine has blocked the receptor. It's not registering on their brain. That's what I'm saying. And suddenly then, what did Paul do? Look at it now. Verse 9. This is where many Christians, what they do at this point, they go back to God. Oh God, you're the one that sent her. And I'm not knocking you, I'm not condemning you. I'm speaking to you from my own personal failures, from my personal experience. You go back to God, oh God, you're the one that sent me. I remember the day when we were all worshipping you, and you said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. Even Barnabas know that you were the one that called us. Barnabas knows. Barnabas is even a witness. There are other people. Oh God, here I am right now. The work you've said we should do, nobody's moving. They're not hearing us. The whole thing is blocked. What shall we do now, oh God? Oh God, please give us the land. Ah, I'm God is in. I can't understand these people. Paul! I had an understanding. The Bible says, Paul, also called Paul. I, I like this. He's saying, he's saying, he's saying, you, 
that were not born again now before now that is born again whose name is now registered remember the demons in acts 19 15 did not say saul we know what did they say they said paul we don't know so they don't know you before they say, so you say saul is the name his father gave him up. that's his natural heritage but based on the finished work of christ it's now called paul the Saul that used to be under principalities and powers is now called Paul that is over principalities and powers. He said that one has called Paul. He now looked at them. He looked at the man. He didn't pray to God. Though. Look at it now, verse 10. He said, eh, 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 eh. Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud. Ah, you son of Shogo. Look at what he said. He said, you enemy of all righteousness. It, you will not cease to perverting the names of the Lord. Shakamatola Gasakataya Baba. He said, Come on, verse 11. Salun Tabalaya. The hand of God is not upon me. Oh. You know, Jesus is the one that said, The hand of God is upon me to go and accomplish his own purpose. Paul said, It's upon my enemy. He said, It's upon you. He said, You will be blind. You will not stay in some for a time. Bible says, Immediately. Immediately, they led the man away. And if you continue reading, let's jump to verse 39. Verse 39. So the brokenness of belief, you can see. But more than that, the power in that area was broken. Let's go to verse 39. Let's go. Let's keep on going. Let's start from 35. Let's go to 35, please, first. All right. Let's jump to 40, 45. Jump. Where he says all the cities, everybody in the city, they were begging Paul that they wanted to listen to him. They were begging him. They wanted to listen to him. Why? Because he dealt with the force that was there. Friends, this is how this prayer works. Warfare is real. Somebody say it's real. Warfare is real. You deal with the devil that is there. You don't, look, you don't look, keep on looking at it. Mrs. Saga will not be like this. Do you know how many churches have moved to Mrs. Saga now? In the last one and a half years. Loads of churches. Just everybody say, Mrs. Saga, I'm coming to Mrs. Saga. But it will not be like this. It's not because some men busted their lungs in shifting the principalities and powers. You think we'll be able to do open devils just they will be looking at us? It doesn't work that way. People busted their lungs. Kabushakada. Not just God give us the city. Shakala tabosha. I mean, some serious prayers. The people say, what is going on there? Shakama pola shakadaya. Move. They moved. Then the heavens opened. So, spiritual warfare is important. Don't keep watching what's going on in your life. You, you, you fight it. You know, you know, ah. I thank the Holy Spirit so much. When we pray for healing, normally, what's the classic prayer of healing? I'm not knocking you. I'm telling you myself. I'm reporting myself to you. All these years, the way I would normally pray. Father, I want to thank you for what you have done. For your words, by stripes we are healed. I lay hands on the person. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, by stripes we are healed. Father, stretch forth your hand and perform your word in their lives. In Jesus' name. For you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what we've been praying. Then we wait and we wait and they don't recover. Oh God, this is what your word says. Father, this is your word. Father, your word says they shall recover. Father, your word says, oh God, that by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed, oh God. And Jesus is saying, I get it. I am the one that carries the stripes. I've heard that. Can I shock you? That's not the way to pray for healing. I didn't learn this in school. Oh. 
I'll tell you through life story. If you don't agree with me, just please take it. This is the way to pray for healing. Acts chapter 9, verse 39, verse 40. Verse 39, verse 40. This is the second example I'm giving you now. Peter arose and went with them. When they had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him. This is part of the way to pray for healing. But I'll, I'll explain the rest to you as we go. They stood by Peter and they were crying, Oh, Dorcas is dead, Dorcas is dead. Now see what I want to show you now. Go to verse 40. Look at what it says in verse 40. It says, Peter put all of them out. No, don't confuse me. I know what I'm doing here. Knelt down and did what? Prayed. Behind the word prayed. Please, I'm not insulting your intelligence. Please, I beg your pardon. Please, but just, please, just follow me. Behind that word prayed, what is there? Just, no, just immediately behind the word prayed, what is there? Full stop. Thank you, man. I know you're an accountant, but it looks like you studied English. Full stop. Full stop. Okay, you're an accountant. Pay attention to details. Okay, I see that. <laughs> Full stop. And that is where people stop. He prayed. That knelt down and prayed is talking to God, the Father in the heaven. Oh God, we thank you for your word and the finished work of Christ. For by his stripes, we're healed. This your word is a reality. We give you the praise. So today, Father, we thank you because there's healing in the body of the curse. In Jesus' name, full stop. And I want to say something to you. There is something after the full stop. That's the revelation. There is something after the full stop. And, and what did he now do? Turning. Many people don't do this part. Turning. That turn now is carrying grace. He now looks at the body. How do you look at a dead body? How do you look at a sick body? But if you can look at a dead body, then you can look at the sick body. Arguing from the greater to the lesser. He now looks at a dead body and says, ah. He's not praying to the Father now. Zulayana kabu elentuna krusaka trusakatalayagada. Dokas! He spoke to the body. He told the body. Why did he speak to the body? When we do this nice solution, I will tell you something. Spirit cannot stay in the body when the body is broken beyond repair. They have to leave. Once the body is broken to a point, the spirit in the body, every spirit in the body must leave. Holy Spirit must go. The spirit of the person must go. If there are demons, they must go. They cannot stay beyond that. So, he wants the spirit of Dockers to come back into Dockers. So, he spoke to the body to come back together. Because he knows that I prophesied as I was commanded. All dry bones hear the word of the living God. If the body can hear, organs can hear, bones can hear, blood can hear, you are the one that thinks they cannot hear. If the body of a dead person that does not have auditory function anymore can hear, then the bones of a living person can hear. Because, listen carefully to me, we don't hear spiritual things with our ears. As a matter of fact, let me say so, let me shock you. When you speak, your words are not translated into the realm of spirit as English. So you think you, when you speak, 
and you say, you foul devils, I command you, go. Then the devils had the English. It's not English they had. <laughs> so if it's English, how many languages are they going to hear? The Chinese man is going to say, cha, cha, cha. The devil said, I only hear, my own is only English, I can't hear you. If my brother here is going to pray, he's going to speak in his own dialect. Because his English is a bit shaky. And speak, speak in his dialect and tell the demon, the demon says, sorry, I can't speak from the country you came from. I only hear English. No, it's not English that is chasing them. It's the light that comes out of the world you speak that they recognize. For in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. The darkness moved back. But who is this life? Who is this light? The Bible says the entrance of his word gives light. The word that has entered into so when you speak, it checks the intensity of that light. And the demon says, whoosh, that light moves. Your language is just a conveyor of the light. So, friends, listen very carefully to me. You turn to the body. The body is not hearing English. It's not English. It's light that is coming to the body. So when you speak and say, and you speak and say, brain, body, hand, bone, hear the word of the living God. The bone is not hearing English. The bone is feeling the emission of light. Push, push, push. And that light, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. Am I right? And the word was? Okay. The Bible tells us that. For by him. By him. Who is the him now? The word. All things were made. <laughs> I, like the way, I like the way the English Bible puts it there. And nothing was made that was made. Okay. Is that another, <laughs> isn't that amazing? Is that another way of just saying? In him, all things were made. And outside of him, nothing was made. It's, that's what he's saying. But nothing was made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. That's what he said. Nothing was made that was made. The verse 4, in him was life. And that life was the light. So in other words, at the beginning, everything was created by light. So the bones, everything, they understand light. They understand light. They understand light. They understand the light treatment. So when you look at it and you say, body, hear the word of the living God. It's not hearing English. It's hearing light. And so you have to come back to the order of original creation. I command you today, be healed by the authority of Jesus Christ. He's hearing it. And he doesn't want to be saying, no, no. You're not going back to God and say, God, I've said it. No, you're being like Gehazi. Gehazi is the one that took the staff of Elisha and placed it on the dead son of the Shunammite woman and said, he waketh not. He went back to us and said, he waketh not. <laughs> Don't be like Gehazi. You're not in the level of Gaza. But when Elisha got there, Elisha looked at the child. He laid on the child. The child said, did not wake up. The Bible said the, the body of the child was warm. Check your Bible. It was warm. Did you put that? Yeah, you see? It became warm. The child did not wake up, but it was warm. But what did Elisha do? Look at it. Next verse. 2 Kings 4.35. He returned. And what did he do? What was he doing? Generating more light. Generating more light. Warm is not what we need. That's not where it was before. 
Warm is not what we need. I didn't come here all the way for body to be warm. I don't need warm body. I need a living human being. He generated more light. And what did he do next? He went back to the body again. Look at it. He returned. Then go back to the next, next verse. Okay, then he stretched himself on him. Again. And what happened this time around? The warm child sneezed. Everybody says, seven times. There were too many scriptures. When Elijah was talking back and forth, too many scriptures. You only need to sneeze once, but too many scriptures. Dorcas did not sneeze, but this one sneezed because the, the boy was saying, Ah, you don't kill me, Elisha. The scripture is too much. Ah. Because while he was talking back and forth, it was too many scriptures. According to this and that, according to this, it was generating too much light. Then he went back to the child. Light, the child came out. The light was too much. He sneezed and sneezed and sneezed. Elisha said, It's okay. You'll be fine. Don't worry. Let me just give it to your home. I took the boy and said, here you go. I've given him enough light. He can't die easily anymore. What I'm telling you, friends, is not theory. This thing I'm just told you. It's, I'm a living witness of this thing. Now. It's not theory. This is how we apply. But too many people go back to God and accuse You go for the interview and they say, oh, so, yeah, we're still interviewing other candidates, but, you know, we're pleased with what we've seen today. They tell the agency. You come back home and say, you tell your, you say, oh, they've even shown me my desk, they've shown me everything, everything is fine. Then they literally, you call them after a week. You say, oh, well, we're still interviewing people. Um, you know, the manager that will approve it is not on seat. Um, he, was, he went on vacation. And after one week, he's back on vacation, but he's been calling some other meetings. Another one week, they said, well, they've canceled that whole project. And you say, well, I don't even know how these people are behaving. It's got nothing to do with people. It's got nothing to do with people. At that point, you just say, well, Father, I just said to thank you. I honor you. I, I missed that part. That's fine. That part is gone. Now, what I need to do, Lord, show me what I need to do. Then God gives you more light. You go for the next interview. After the interview, they say, oh, we like you. Everything is fine. We're going to get back to you. You say, no problem. In your mind, you say, you don't worry. I will get back to you. In your mind, that's what you say. You say. So you go back and say, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was such a pleasure coming here today. You go back home. You write them a thank you letter and leave that. Then you will get back to them. After you send the thank you letter, send. Then you two, you do like Elisha. You walk up and down. Shakunama. Leko saka pakorama klabataya. I'm bringing you to a land of flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> he said, and I will give these people favor in the sound of this year. So when they go, they will not go empty-handed. Favor does not allow me to go empty-handed. For it surrounds his righteous with favor as with a shield. You begin to speak. Jesus Christ took my shame on the cross so that I can take his favor from the, and the crown in the name of Jesus Christ. After you've gathered all the scriptures, then you turn around. Mark 11:23. He will say to this mountain, unemployment, what I used to do in my house, I speak to you, unemployment, you have to leave. Delayed employment, what are you doing? You have to go, for it is written, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, and greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants shall be mighty on the earth. Psalm 112, from verse 1, I'm, re I'm reading. Verse 3, wealth and riches shall be in the house. Wealth and riches, where have you been? In the name of Jesus, I command you to resume here now. In the name of Jesus. You speak to the situation. That's another dimension of prayer. Declaration. You speak the word of faith to the situation. You don't let it lie down there. Kungama, Tugaba, Regua, Pika, Zakataya. After you've spoken, uh, let's assume the company you've gone for, just as an example, is Microsoft. My seat as ordained by God in Microsoft. 
it shall not be empty. Doozy, pali de For whatsoever the Lord do shall be forever. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 13. Nothing shall be taken from me. Nothing shall be taken. I speak in the name of He who is the king over all the rulers of the earth. Adonai of Adonai, the Lord of Lords. I speak by the authority of His name. Every decision maker, hear ye the word of the Lord. And they can hear. Because for that night, the king could not sleep. Esther chapter 8 verse 8. Take the signet ring of the king. Whatever you write with the signet ring of the king, it cannot be altered. So today I begin to write in the realm of the spirit. Because my mouth is like the, doubt, the pen of a ready writer. So I begin to write my letter of appointment. Congratulations, Wale Akishiku. I'm pleased to announce to you that you are now the, you mentioned the position. Your resumption date is going to be, you mentioned it, you write it. And the realm of the spirit, light. Then the light, the same light that broke through and went for the wife of Pontius Pilate when Jesus was being interrogated. And she said, I couldn't sleep last night. I don't know, do you, were you able to sleep, honey? And he said, ah, me, I, I did not, I've not slept in three days. The way I've been feeling, I want to release this man. He said, please, don't have anything to do with the death of this man. No. This man is a special man. No. That's how the wife would say, this um, place, you've been telling me about this. You guys are interviewing people in your place of work. Have you filled those positions? The wife doesn't work there. Oh. And the man said, oh, no, we're still interviewing people. He said, what are you? That's why you're stressed now. It did take somebody. Why are you still interviewing people? He said, yeah, we looked at the candidate. And the guy is good, though. Well, we're just thinking. He said, what are you still thinking? You know, we're going on holiday. Oh. We better get this thing done. The master is true. All of these things are orchestrations in the realm of the spirit. Please don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to chance. Somebody says something to you about don't carry. It's okay. You can take a paper, piece of paper. Don't get me wrong. You know, someone asked me because the pastor, have you ever cried? You know, have you ever been variable? I said, Are you joking? I followed my ancestors. In the Bible, I followed the people I honor in the Bible, like David. I followed David. I've, Jesus said, Follow me. I've, <laughs> I've also followed him. He cried. What is the big deal? That's not a big deal, brother. But cry, my sister. But after, after David cried, the Bible said, He strengthened himself. And right now, cry. The people that we see, that we know, have cried. Not the ones that told us, but the ones that we know that cry are the ones that are still crying. The ones that weep, okay, and they recovered all. If they did not tell us, we would not know they wept. Please don't leave your story at first Samuel chapter 30, verse 4 to 5. And David wept until he had no more power to weep. Take your story to verse 19. He recovered all. Come on, give Jesus some praise in the house. Let me close by saying this to you today. Every situation you are looking at, everything, situation you are looking at, has an invisible part and a visible part. Every situation in life. I'm looking at this man now. This is somebody standing in front of me. This man I'm looking at right now. Do you agree with me that he has a visible part and an invisible part? And both of them, both of them is the same man. Come on, do you agree with me? The man I'm looking at now, he has a visible part 
he has an invisible band. And both of them legally bears his name. Is it true? Okay. Do you agree with me that if I want to do arm wrestling with this man now, arm wrestling, let's say I want to do arm wrestling, this man is strong, far stronger than me. If he wants to do arm wrestling with me, every time he will beat me. He will beat me. I try my best. He keeps on defeating me. And for a I'm tired, I cry and cry. I tell my wife, my wife says, don't worry, don't worry, go and watch YouTube videos. I watch YouTube videos. <laughs> I eat some water food. He said, I've discovered the food his wife gives him. He gives me some kind of food. I still do arm wrestling. I still lose. How am I going to solve this problem? The way I'm going to solve the problem, that I will beat him every time. Every time. Do you know how to solve the problem? Is to separate his visible part from his invisible part. Once I separate the visible him from the invisible him, it's called death. And every time you hold the hand of a dead man and you push it down, no matter how strong they are, you beat them. That's what you have to do to your situation. The situation is looking strong because you have not separated the visible part from the invisible part of the situation. So what we do in the place of prayer is you leave the visible. Many of us are fighting the visible part, using more and more techniques to fight the visible part, and you're losing. You leave the visible part alone. Focus on the invisible part. Then you now come back. You now come back for the visible part. And now say, oh yeah, you want to fight me? Take your hand now. Now take your hand. Every time. Start again. Morning you come, you beat it. Afternoon you beat it. Evening you beat it. Every time you beat it. Even if you use one finger, you beat it. You now see how easy the situation will be. It's now easy because you have separated the visible from the invisible. The situation you're dealing with has an invisible part. So when we pray and we now speak, we are speaking to the invisible part which hears the language of light. Is anybody understanding what I've just said? Somebody said, I want to, you know, I want to get admission. Congratulations, that's not the problem. And I said, well, that's all. I just need to tell you the whole story. Don't tell me the whole story. Don't worry about the whole story. You're wasting time. That whole story is a waste of time. Don't tell me the story. What do you want? Jesus asked the man, excuse me, do you want to be made well? Ah, the man said, I'm like, I'm happy you're even asking me this question because most people are not asking me this question anymore. I've been there 38 years. What happened? What happened? If you, let me just tell you, since you have asked now, what happened was that every time I keep on coming, somebody jumped into the water before me. That's the reason why I've not been here. It's not because I'm lazy. It's not be- Jesus said, you know what? Cut the chase. The question is, do you want to be made well? I was like, hey. I was trying to explain to you why I've not been made well. Jesus said, I get that part. Take your back. Why? Because he has dealt with the invisible part at home. And he said it. This is John chapter 5. The people marveled. He said, why are you marveling because of this? He said, my father had shown me, and he will show me greater things than this. In other words, I was able to see into the realm of the spirit that what is tying that man down is not because somebody else is taking his position. There are forces that are holding him down that is always losing his breakthrough at the edge of it. So Jesus said, I dealt with that force before I came here. That's why I walked to the man directly in the midst of other people. And I told the man, listen, I've dealt with the force holding you. Do you want to go home now? And he told the man, you see, it was so easy. He told the man, he said, why don't you stand up now, take your bed. And go. Because, let me say this to you, sir, the way you are right now. If I tell you, can you stand up? Stand up. How easy was that? Sorry? Very easy. That's how it was easy for Jesus to deal with it. Because he has dealt with the invisible part holding him. 
But if you sit down now, I know we had all this COVID restriction, but my brother, you are covered. Just trust me in this one. I'm your prophet. Stand up. Hold him down. Okay, try and stand up without using your hand. You see how difficult it is now? So what I have to do then, hold him, my brother. Ah. So hold him like an African man hold people. Tie him down. <laughs> you don't know how those African things hold people. They tie people seriously. So I said, holding him down. I said, well, I said stand up. You can stand up. Uh, you know, Father, you said that he will stand up. Oh, God, this is what your word says. God is saying, I don't know what my word says, but there's something holding him. So, but when I come to him and I say, in the name of Jesus, I speak to you. Lose your grip on him and lose his grip. And I say, stand up. And people say, people say, oh my God, it was so easy. I just got a breakthrough. It just all happened. It happened because the invisible was separated. Stand on your feet like a champion. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.